I'm Mom, and welcome to the Interesting Podcast, where we know a little about a lot. We're your hosts. I'm Annika. And I'm Paige. And the third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. And I actually did it this time. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I can't believe that we forgot last time. Yeah, it's in the don't at me moments. We'll get right there. But before that, happy spooky season, everybody. Spooky. I love Halloween. It's my favorite season. Even though I didn't even go out for Halloween weekend, which is like I never do. I mean, I didn't either, but I mean, that's not a shocker. Anyway, we have a lot we have to get into, but before we talk about Paige's journey into motherhood, I do have to say this. Okay. If you don't want to listen to our banter and you're just here for the stories, all of our segment start times are in the episode notes. I'm trying to get a little bit better about saying this at the top of the episode. Just totally. in case this is the first episode you're listening to, just so you can drill around here. I bring this up now because, guess what, Paige? What? We got our first bad review. Shut up. Yes. Who? Uh- <laughs> 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 like, does it say a name? It says Jill457, if that's oh gosh, your it's real name. My dad's ex-girlfriend, Jill. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, I feel so famous. I do too. Honestly, when I read it, I was like, it's about damn time. This is hysterical. Can you read it? What does it say? Okay, yeah. I can. Are we doing this? I can totally do this. Yes. No, you have to read it. Okay. I'm so excited. Title of the review is, um, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> And honestly, she gave us three stars. Okay. Not mad about it. The worst thing. Okay. And considering it's literally a complete stranger, I haters make me famous. Preach. (sighs) I feel like I'm listening to a totally different podcast from the one all these reviews are raving about. It takes these hosts for freaking ever to get to the point. And it's like they're all trying to outdo each other on who can sound the most like a stereotypical bimbo. (laughs) I have never been called a bimbo in my life. Same here, but honestly, she's not wrong. Oh, my God. Um, Okay, wait, wait. Stereotypical bimbo. A shame because the concept and topics are good, but I can't get through a full episode. I'm being extremely generous with the three stars because this nonsense seems to make some people happy. It just made me feel dumber. (laughs) Which, okay. Jill, if that is your real name. Mm -hmm. First of all, thank you for leaving us a review. Mm -hmm. Second, you are 1,000% entitled to your thoughts and opinions on us, and I appreciate Mm -hmm. the three stars. You're not wrong, okay? We do mm-hmm. take forever to get to the point, which is why we started adding the segment start times. So I apologize. I know you're not listening to this because you gave up on us. But <sighs> to anybody else out there, if this is your first episode and you already feel like Jill at this moment and you're like, just get to the point, again, segment start times, episode notes. Check it out. I am dying. I can't get over this. The biggest point I wanted to make about it is the last sentence where she said, it just made me feel dumber. Because maybe it's just me, but I feel like when you 
are listening to Bimbo's talk, if you put on The Real Housewives or some sort of trashy reality TV, The Kardashians, as I love to to bring into this, I feel smarter. Yeah, that's true. Like, so, it elevates your own self-worth. Right. And I, I really want to point that out to the people who agree with her. I just want you to know that we're here to make you feel smarter, not the other way around. Now, if you <laughs> wanted to start talking about astrophysics, maybe, maybe it'd be a little different. I think I'd feel dumber. I genuinely feel like that's a good point because anytime anyone has ever said doing that made them feel dumber... They're speaking from a place of superiority, and I just really think that that's a hot take, and I'm impressed by you. <laughs> it's so true. I, I listen to podcasts all the time with Neil deGrasse Tyson as the guest or Bill Nye or somebody who's super sciencey. I love science, but I'm so dumb when it comes to science that a yeah. lot of times when they start talking about concepts, it just goes way over my head. And I'm like, I feel very dumb right now listening to you talk about this. I am so excited. This is so funny. I love it. So anyway, that that made my day and I wanted to make yours. And I had to hold on to this information for so long. How long have you known? For a couple of days now. Oh my gosh, you're such a good secret keeper. Thank you. That is so funny. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Like, I'm genuinely surprised. I thought you were going to tell me you were pregnant on a podcast and I was honestly going to be a little mad at you. Honestly, <laughs> that would be the worst the worst way to tell anybody Except I'm pregnant. Except that would kind of be a fun baby announcement. People are like, oh, I'm not just posting about my podcast, but you can listen to that too. So I would I would appreciate the free promotion. Maybe I should do that. Should I just get pregnant just to promote the podcast? I wouldn't mind if you got pregnant to make us famous. Okay, cool. Okay, thanks. Thank you for your sacrifice. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Is this kind of like a dog breeder situation where after... I get what I need out of the baby. I no longer have to keep the baby. Exactly. Okay. Or the other way around. Or the other way around. Which <laughs> leads us to, was that a terrible segue to talk about no, your story? No, I get it. It, was, it felt a little forced, but it's only because I knew it was coming. Okay, that's true. So, um, <laughs> like I said earlier, Paige has now journeyed into motherhood, and I'm just going to let her take it away from here. I am a mother. And you know what's funny is that I'm having a very first my, – my this first child experience is very similar to that of my mother's. So because my brother Were you a was biter? supposed to be <laughs> – Okay, well, first I'm the second born. And True. So, <laughs> um, no, but my brother was supposed to be a girl. And what happened? I know. I mean, honestly, not that much. But <laughs> they, but my mom says like that every doctor was telling her that he was going to be a girl. But she said that she knew that they were wrong, and she painted his his room blue. Now I didn't know I was wrong. That I thought I was getting a boy puppy, but I was really getting a girl. Mm-hmm. Because I definitely got like boy color stuff, but. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, this is the time of gender identity versus gender. And I really just think that Taz identifies as a puppy. She doesn't care if she has girl or boy. They and I don't, don't care. care. Either. Yeah. I don't care either. 
But yeah, I drove all the I drove six hours to find out that my dog wasn't the sex that I thought that she was. <laughs> but in the end, Paige still loves her and accepts her. Of course, of course. I love her. It was so funny. I get there and, you know, he I've I've known this I don't want to get completely annihilated for having a dog from a breeder. I'm sorry. I wanted a specific dog. I rescued two dogs. You got one. So we cancel each other out. And the next one, totally going to be a rescue. I just had this one dog that I wanted, and I'm sorry. And I realize it's a problem, but I'm sorry. But anyways, <laughs> I've known this breeder for <laughs> – I know. I'm sorry. I I know I've known this breeder for a while, like two years. And um, so he was showing me around. They live on this massive farm in the middle of Kansas, like nowhere Kansas. It's called Beloit. And their family's owned this farm since 1900. So he was – showing us around so this, I, I walk in I meet the dog then he takes us outside and he's showing us around and I walk back inside and his mom who I think lives there she was like you know that that dog is a girl right and so in my head I'm just thinking that yeah if that's a girl there's probably there's a boy somewhere like he's been telling me this is a boy for weeks and so he he goes no there's no way and you know we discover that she is indeed a girl and he just kind of stares at me, and I'm like, well, I, so is is there a boy? And there was a boy, but he was a different color that sheds everywhere, and I just don't have the patience for that. Dog so, racism, subtle page. It is. It's just, like, sheddingism, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I'd already held her and was like, she already gave me kisses, and so we, it was already a done deal. Oh, yeah. So I was a, now I have a daughter instead of a son. That's okay, though. And I kept the name the same, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty gender neutral. Right? If anything is more endearing that it's a girl. Yeah. Named Taz. I'm in love with her. I haven't even met her. Mm-hmm. She's a good girl. She's sweet. She's spunky. I don't know where she's at right now. It, like, gives me anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Have you checked the children? <laughs> oh, God. Back Speaking to horror. creepy things like that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Should we get into our don't at me moment? I don't think I have any stories to share. So, yeah, we'll just get into it. Yeah. Our don't at me moments. Because there are a few. Most of most of these are my own fact checks that I did in listening back to the episode, but some aren't. And the first mm-hmm. one, we're just going to get out of the way because a lot of people <laughs> messaged me about it. I did not say hi mom i totally botched the intro last week so funny i'm really sorry guys um i know it was funny though because when i was editing it is when i realized it and i sent Paige this text about how i didn't do it and i totally messed up and we were going back and forth about it and Paige said something about like my mother-in-law is probably gonna be the one who's most upset by it and she was right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i, I apologize like, the only person who's gonna notice is gonna be aaron yes she called me right before we started to record and i was like let me practice really quickly upon answering <laughs> hi mom <laughs> i'm sure that makes her happy definitely i don't know if my mom's listened to that episode she definitely hasn't noticed if she has okay well to the people who have noticed i'm sorry and i'll i'll do better okay we're just out here doing our best people a couple of people added me as well for dragging the mom in my fantasy league and 
Like, okay, I get no, it. No, that is totally fair. That was ridiculous. I do want to clarify some things, okay? I don't care who you invite into our league. It's not sacred. The fact that she is a mom of somebody else within the league is not the problem. Because let's face yeah. it, I'm technically the wife of somebody in the league, okay? It's not my go. league. Very good point. My problem is inviting someone into the league who isn't going to take it seriously. And, like, you don't need to live and breathe football because, like, I certainly don't. But first, we're all paying to play. And second, part of the fun is deciding what the punishment will be for the last place player. So if you come in and you draft everybody from the Browns, it's not fun for everybody else. Like, I played her this weekend, and my score was double hers, okay? Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Also, she didn't even come to the draft party. And if if she loses, there's no way she's going to do that calendar, which just, like, makes it not fun. Right, and that's the thing, is, like, although I, I still think it would be hilarious if she did do the calendar, I just doubt that she would do it. Mainly because she wasn't even at the draft party where this was decided. Like, there's just no camaraderie. It was a lot of fun. I mean, half the fun of being on fantasy football is going to the draft party. That's my favorite part. And then shit-talking everybody. And Biz and I throw the best draft party all the- ever. I've never we been invited to one, but whatever. Well, you don't live here. But it is so <laughs> fun, and everyone has a great time, and it is very expensive for Biz and I, but we still do it. <laughs> well, one of these days. When I get that invite, I'll come. Perfect. So basically, just want to say, no, I do not dislike the fact that a mom is in this league. No mom shaming here. I'm not mom shaming. I mean, Paige just became a mother. (laughs) (laughs) I have to stop saying that. People are going to hate us. Okay. Annika is going to become a mother to make us famous. Yeah, exactly. You're welcome, people. We'll um, do a live podcast of her birth. Oh, Jesus. It'll be titillating <laughs> and traumatizing. <laughs> I don't know what's worse, doing that or Snapchatting your birth. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> who did that? Wasn't it like Black China or somebody? I don't know. Who? I don't know. I wouldn't put it past her. You always have to drag somebody down from the inner circles of the Kardashians. Yeah. Yeah. It's honestly just to elevate myself a little bit more. I'm working (laughs) on it through therapy. But you're not saying that you feel dumber for watching it. (laughs) Not yet. Nope. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't dislike the fact that a mom is in the league could be somebody else's wife or even another dude and i'd still feel the same way just take it a little seriously so it's still fun for the rest of us i agree i concur is her name jill her name is not jill i'm not gonna be able to let this go (laughs) (laughs) don't name your dog jill don't name your dog i was gonna text you that the other day and be like you'll find out soon but it wasn't relevant um a couple people also asked who won the game my husband and I played each other in fantasy a few weeks ago when we recorded this, and we had a bet it on the table. It wasn't that... even close. <laughs> no. No, no, no. His final score was 115.9. My final score was 181.6. Yep. I'm sorry, Mike. Did he make you your dinner yet? Not yet. He's slacking. Gosh. Prepare a menu, Michael. <sighs> oh, well. Okay, going on to some fact checks. In the Interesting of the Week last episode, 
you talked about stats on sports with the most criminals and you told us how the NFL has the most major crimes and I asked you what qualifies as a major crime Basically, when they say major crimes, it just refers to felonies. So misdemeanors are not accounted for. So there's still a lot of different things in there that fall underneath that umbrella. And then another question we had on those statistics were, um, was which sport was the most peaceful? (laughs) (laughs) Swimming, diving, and sailing each only have one major crime by an athlete. But, I mean, these statistics obviously only include professional sports in which at least one participant committed a crime. So there is a possibility of some sport out there with zero felons. It just isn't. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. It's true. Like, bocce ball. I also said in the last episode that all of the Vegas Golden Knights players are from Scandinavia, which couldn't be more wrong. (laughs) Uh, The majority of them are from Canada. (laughs) My goodness. And then... I don't remember why this came up, but I wrote it in my notes. So we asked the question, can you still hear if they cut off your ears? And the answer is yes. It would be more difficult, though, because the part of the ear being cut off acts as a reverse megaphone by funneling sound into your ear. So just be a little bit more dull. Got it. Yeah. So those are those are all of our don't at me moments. Thank you, Annika, for caring. You're welcome. Doing the, doing the legwork. I don't I want people that. to feel dumb after listening to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and part of that comes with giving you the right facts. It's just going to be like a real triggering thing for us, especially because I know that we're not dumb. So it's so funny. When we get t-shirts, I really want to just put the quote, it just made me feel dumber. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. Well, do you, would you like to talk about this week's topic did we really kind of talk about it like a little bit barely we We just said it was spooky spooky season season. yeah halloween and how we love halloween so i guess i I don't even know how to classify this we essentially said that we were going to each discuss like the scariest person place or thing that we could find it was the way i interpreted it was scary stories that are true scary true yeah. scary stories that's a way better way to describe it we got Thank there you. we're bimbos but we got there exactly look at us go but i guess that brings us to our interesting of the week which was your idea i don't think i really had anything for it i said our interesting of the week should be any sort of paranormal encounter we've ever had yeah like, do you have anything um okay so I've done a couple of ghost tours in my life. <laughs> um, one was in Louisville, Kentucky. And we went okay. all throughout like old Louisville. And none of the stories were that riveting. That stuck with me, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't see anything, shockingly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other one was the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, mm-hmm. which is notoriously quote-unquote haunted and it was the people always say the shining was filmed there it was not filmed there but it was the inspiration for the shining it is true you know what was filmed there dumb and dumber that is true (laughs) that is true and on that ghost tour there's this one room in particular that is spookier than the rest i guess you could say i forget which room number it is me too it's like three something yeah and i on the tour, I could be wrong about this, but I 
I vaguely remember them saying that one of the actors in that movie wanted to stay in that room and then couldn't even make it through one night. Man, that's some method acting right there. Truly. Truly, truly. So yeah. Um, those are I've I used a Ouija board a couple of times. I nice. bought it at Toys R Us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's about it. I mean, the, the Ouija board experience was a little weird because you never you're doing it with other people, so you don't really know if other people are moving the little triangle around or if it's just you subconsciously doing it. Because I remember we'd ask questions about ourselves that nobody else in the group would know the answers to. Yeah. The first time I did it was with a group of people that, I mean, I was friendly with, but I didn't know that well. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we're barking. So I'd ask it questions like, what is my middle name? And then would spell out my middle name, which I was the only person in the group who knew that. But I'm like, could I subconsciously oh, be doing it? Yeah. And so, and then at one point too, it started speaking French and nobody in the group knew French. I mean, she was... Okay, that's wild. Google Translate. And then another time I was in a hotel with a couple of my sorority sisters because... The sorority house flooded, and our rooms were in the basement, so we did live in a hotel for a couple of weeks, and we were just, we were bored, so I brought out the Ouija board. And I like it. We found a ghost in the hotel. You did? Did yeah. it name itself? No, but apparently if it starts moving in a figure eight on the board, that it means it's a bad spirit. Oh, okay. And that's what it kept doing. Oh, creepy. Yeah. I wonder Which, why a figure eight, it's like... I don't know. Figure eight. I guess maybe it was like a six upside down both ways. That was very in-depth, Paige. Yeah, but I bet it's right. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if any of that's accurate. Um, Yeah, those are my experiences. And I I don't really believe in paranormal stuff. I mean, I don't know. Nothing... Too spooky has really happened to me in that realm. What about you, Paige? Yeah. Um. Honestly, you did better than I thought you were going to do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't really have anything crazy. Like, I never met an unfriendly ghost. I've only met the Caspers of the ghost world. Okay. Um. But when I was in fifth grade, my best friend at the time and I, we rode the train. Train. From Denver to uh, Glenwood Springs and stayed at the Colorado Hotel, which is the super old hotel in Glenwood Springs. Oh, so you took like the ski train. This isn't light rail stuff we're talking. No, it wasn't fast. It was much slower than I anticipated, let me tell I you. I love the ski train. You do it once, though, and you're over it because it takes so yeah, long. Yeah, you're good. It does. So, yeah, exactly. It's like a ski train, but it goes even farther than any of the ski resorts. Um, <laughs> so we stayed at the Colorado Hotel and it was really cool and beautiful and old but it's known for having ghosts so the first thing that happened while we were there was we had a brand new bottle of hairspray that was like plastic still around it still in a bag just in case it did explode and we left for the afternoon we came back and it had been taken out of the bag but was still in its plastic wrapping but was completely empty so that was weird that is weird Whatever. We leave again. I think we go to the hot springs and we come back. And the towels that were all hanging to the left side of the of the sink, the hand towels for after you wash your hands, mm-hmm. 
were all in the tub and completely soaked with water. And we hadn't done that. So that was really bizarre. And then in that night, in the middle of the night, we woke up to banging on the walls. We were like, that's so bizarre. It's weird. And her aunt, her aunt was in the room with us. And she was like, it's an old hotel. It's probably just pipes, blah, blah, blah. You know, every horror movie excuse. Right. Um, and so we go back to sleep. No big deal. The next day we were going around town and we were in this little taxi cab because, you know, we had no car. Mm-hmm. And the guy was telling us how the hotel is really haunted and how people report hearing like banging on their walls all the time. And they just had all their pipes renovated. So there's no way that that's what it is. And then later on that night, me and the girl I was with woke up to the sound of girls, like kids running through the hallway. And it was three in the morning. There's no way there's children running through the hallway. Uh, Running through the hallway, like running their hands on the walls and on the door. It was creepy. Ooh. Um, Yeah, but that was it. And so after the fact, we convinced ourselves that we like, had a ghost in our room and we took it home with us and his name is bob and my mom would say that like i would like blame really weird things that would happen on bob all the time (laughs) and (laughs) i don't really remember any specifics of me blaming on bob but i blame bob the ghost for a lot but my mom was convinced that i was that i was haunted for a little while there that's pretty funny yeah apparently i lived in a house that was haunted you did? Apparently. I never experienced anything. Mm. Um, Mike said that he did. He wasn't living with me at the time. It was right after I moved to L.A. I was living in Redondo Beach in this house. Hey, I stayed there. You did? Yeah. Yeah. Did anything weird happen to you? No. Oh. Isn't I slept blissfully on the couch? Good. <laughs> <laughs> the cabinets and stuff would open all the time, which, I mean, happened when I would be in the kitchen. All of a sudden, a cabinet would open, but I honestly just think they were really shitty cabinets and i mean there's a lot of micro earthquakes that happen in california throughout the day so i think i just kind of chalked it up to all of those things but it would weird mike out when he'd be like that cabinet just opened (laughs) and we were talking about it one time and our one of my roommates came home and he overheard us and he goes oh i forget what name he named the ghost it was like michelle or something he's like oh yeah that's michelle I'm like, what? And he goes, oh, you don't know? And we're like, what? And he goes, yeah, she was murdered in this house. I was, like, oh. was he being serious? Yeah. He's like, Google the address. So I Googled the address and sure as shit, some horrible domestic dispute happened. Michelle. Yeah. Oh, I hope you're resting in peace now. I hope so. Just all she wants to do is just check out the food situation in the cabinets and I don't blame her. Yeah. She was just trying to peep the scene. Keep you guys just. She's supposed to be acknowledged. Can't say ghost on it could be any different. That's true. What you got in here? That's wild. Yeah. Well, thank you for telling your own spooky or lack thereof encounters. Yeah, thank you. Go, these, okay, so here's the thing about this stuff. This stuff totally freaks me out. And you said that you don't really believe in it. And I don't even know if I do either. But I, what I do know is that it's the, you know, the one horror thing that totally gets to me. Is like it? Ghosts, okay. Like, ghosts and, like, possessions and stuff, that stuff gets to me. My brother, for some reason, is terrified of aliens. I it, To me, aliens just seem like the more imminent threat because, to me, <laughs> aliens have to exist. Yep. But they're probably looking at our world right now and be like, nah, <laughs> we're good. <Hard> pass. <laughs> so I'm not too worried about 
anything happening in the the next several years or so. But <laughs> I mean, I okay, I do have to say paranormal stuff is spooky because mm-hmm. sometimes I mean, I like I said earlier, I love science and I think that's where my brain goes a lot of times when mm-hmm. people talk about paranormal things or even religious things. I my I feel like I need to I hate chaos so I need to figure out why things do that and so for me yeah. it's just easier to be like oh science and that's why these things are happening and maybe that's just the comforting way of looking at it because I don't want to acknowledge that there could be spirits or anything paranormal happening but yeah that mm-hmm. stuff is pretty pretty spooky yeah so thanks for validating that for me because I was like if you just don't believe it and you just like don't find any of it scary man no i mean even the the trailers for movies about paranormal things those i just can't watch them i'm not big on horror movies either i like them but i've definitely found that within the last year or two they scared me more than they used to (laughs) there's something to be said about being young and just feeling invincible and then as you get older and you like realize that that that's not entirely accurate true things get to you more and i think the insecurity of being young you kind of fake being brave a lot at times and when you fake being brave it kind of does make you a little bit more brave but those as you get older i think you kind of let your guard down a little bit and it's easier to be vulnerable and Mm -hmm. in those situations like okay yeah this scares the shit out of me (laughs) cody and i just started watching i always get this wrong because there is an old movie called house on haunted hill and that's not what this is (laughs) But this is on Netflix, the show called, I think, The Haunting of Hill House. Okay. Or The Hill House Haunting. And it is crazy. It is so good. Like, it scares me. And Cody, neither one of us can watch it, but we kind of know what's going on. Um, like we close our eyes. But <laughs> it's good. I highly suggest it. It's pretty intense. But I will Even the first it, episode. You won't? No, I just, I don't like things like that. Well, there you go. That's fine. I don't know. I don't know why I do it to myself. Like I said before, this is the stuff that freaks me out, but I also can't look away sometimes. And I think, too, because I'm home alone a lot, I just, I don't Mm -hmm. need that in my head. (laughs) It's the last thing I need in my head. Exactly. It was so much easier, too, when I was younger to watch those sort of things because I'm like, oh, I have 50 roommates. If I go down, we all go down together. (laughs) true my my room's the farthest away from the front door i'm the safest not anymore should we get into our stories then yeah do you want to go first you want me to go first sure i'll go first okay okay my story it was really hard for me to pick a story i won't lie because (laughs) so much of this i was just like this is i don't believe it yeah so have you ever seen the exorcism of emily rose yeah that movie is messed up. That came out when we were in high school. That movie is just the last scene is pretty traumatizing. Well, I've never seen it, so <laughs> <laughs> I am word for it. the best person to be sharing this story. But I'm going to tell you the true story that this horror flick is based off of. Mm-hmm. I will go through my sources really quickly. Wikipedia. I have an article by Scare Street called Demons of the Mind, The Exorcism of Annalise Michelle. Mm-hmm. And a BuzzFeed video called The Chilling Exorcism of Annalise Michelle. In case you didn't get it, this is the story of Annalise Michelle, who was born on September 21st in 1952 in Bavaria, West Germany. 
She was one of four daughters and was brought up in a strict Roman Catholic household. She herself became very religious, and the whole family went to Mass twice a week, which I don't know if you've ever sat through a Catholic Mass before, but that's pretty time-consuming even just once a week. Only the first 18 years of my life. (laughs) Every Sunday, or sometimes Saturday if I had soccer. Oh, man. I didn't even know. That's dedication. Yeah, every Sunday. Oof. Other than the heavy influence of religion on her life, Annalise had a fairly normal upbringing, and she was described by others as bright and likable. But after she turned 16, life as she knew it, as I like to say, went tits up. So (laughs) that year, she experienced her first episode of losing consciousness, and then later in the evening, she said she felt as though something was pressing down on her chest, as though she was being pinned down. Then almost, yeah... Sounds like an asthma attack. I was just going to say, I was like, asthmatic? <laughs> <laughs> you feel? <laughs> I get it. It's the actual worst. Just needs an inhaler, okay? <laughs> she needs an albuterol. <laughs> she needs to inhale, not exorcism inhale. Exhale. That was, that was, that was a nice try. That, thank you. That it. was for yeah. Jill. Okay. <laughs> Almost one year later, it happened again. This time, her parents took her to Dr. Vocht who was their family doctor, as well as a neurologist named Dr. Luthi, who performed an EEG on her. And the brain scan came back inconclusive, so the doctors believed she could be experiencing some form of seizure, and she was diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy. Shortly thereafter, she was diagnosed with depression and began receiving treatment at a psychotic hospital. Psychotic hospital? How about a psychiatric (laughs) hospital? (laughs) I think that would be very triggering for a lot of people, so yeah, way to fix it. Exactly. <laughs> Psychiatric hospital. <laughs> wow. Um, so a year following the second episode, she had her third while she was at the psychiatric hospital. And this time she was prescribed an anticonvulsant. And then two years later, she was prescribed Dilantin, which is another, another seizure medication. In 1973, when she was 20 years old, Annalise began hearing knocking sounds in her bedroom. No. (laughs) Her sisters reported hearing these noises, too, but Annalise also heard voices damning her to hell. None of the medications she was on seemed to be working, and she also started having hallucinations, particularly that of the devil's face. She was taking various pharmaceuticals for five years, including... Aolept, which is used to treat schizophrenia. It didn't seem like any of these treatments were working for her. She became increasingly frustrated with the medications and doctors. And I completely get that. I, So I was on anti-seizure medication for a little bit and a super, super low dose because I don't get mm-hmm. seizures. It was for migraines. And even that low dose just had some crazy side effects. And the people who take the normal dose if you're an epileptic it's wild it's those side effects but times a million and like you have to be on it so to be on all these different medications for five years I could totally see that anyway back to Annalise so she was convinced that her problems were not medical and instead were the result of a demonic possession she started to become intolerant of Christian places and symbolism especially the crucifix A friend of the Michelle family who regularly organized Christian pilgrimages took Adelise (laughs) to San Damiano, which is a commune in Italy. 
This family friend wow. arrived at the conclusion that Annalise was suffering from demonic possession, her proof being that she couldn't walk past a crucifix and refused to take a drink from a holy spring. Yeah. Her family began to seek out a priest who would perform an exorcism on Annalise, but most refused to do so, believing she needed to continue with her medical treatment. Nobody wants to be responsible for that. They're like, yeah, but what if it don't work, though? <laughs> yeah. Number one, what if it doesn't work? But also number two, none of them would have been allowed to do it because, fun fact about the Catholic Church, you need to have approval from the bishop in order to perform an exorcism because they're very sh- there's very strict criteria that the person uh-huh. must meet. Got it. And some of the first indicators of this um, are the intense dislike of religious objects and also supernatural powers. Which I don't think anything she did was could have been classified as supernatural, but she definitely had a very intense dislike of religious objects. So Annalise began to decline both physically and mentally. She started displaying signs of aggression, began to self-harm. She would drink her own urine, eat insects. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Her medical treatment continued, and she then tried Tegretol, which is another seizure medication and a mood stabilizer. And was also prescribed antipsychosis drugs, which she did take regularly. Despite that, she further declined. She would start doing things like growling. She would throw things and was reportedly seeing demons. So Annalise met a priest named Ernst Alt, who began believing that she was possessed because, and I quote, she does not look like an epileptic. (laughs) What year is this again? Sorry. This is 1973. Okay, interesting. Okay. Like, we know things. Fun fact, too, yeah. about 1973 that I just learned from my mother-in-law is that that is the year the Exorcist movie came out. Ah, mm-hmm. got it. So it was, like, pop-culturally relevant already. Yeah. Like, she was pre-exposed to that sort of thing. <laughs> yes. And so I, I, I didn't really include this in my story, but I can say it now that some people believe that she was replicating things that she had seen in the movie if she had seen the movie it was never clear whether or not she did but i feel like coming from a super religious background she probably Mm. was not in that movie theater (laughs) and also just you know being in and out of a psychiatric hospital i don't think that that's the kind of the kind of thing that you'd want to expose yourself to or her family would want her to be exposed to it's not like she had like an indifference to religion either. Like it seemed like she quite enjoyed it prior oh, to. Oh yeah, definitely. These she episodes. was she was so. all in. Yeah. Interesting. Going back to this priest who <laughs> said that um, she does not look like an epileptic. So <laughs> I really want to know what one looks like. I do too because I wrote every epileptic I know, which is shockingly a lot because it runs in my family. They mm. look like a normal person. Okay, like <laughs> I have no idea how to interpret that. How? Do, I don't know. I feel like if you Google image epileptic, <laughs> they're all gonna look like people to you. Agreed. Agreed. I oh, whatever. That's why he's a priest and not a doctor. Okay. So. <laughs> anyway, Alt went to the local bishop, Joseph Stangl. Yosef. Yosef Stangle. I'm just going to... Okay, I'm so That's done with good. this. Okay. I mean, I believe it. <laughs> Went to the local, bi- local bishop, Yosef Stangle, and urged him to allow for an exorcism. And permission was granted, and a priest named Arnold Renz began the exorcisms. 
So for 10 months, Annalise would have exorcisms once or twice per week, which could last up to four hours. And she would frequently say things like, I'm dying to atone for the wayward youth of the day and the apostate priest of the modern church. Per her request, her parents stopped consulting doctors and she refused to eat because she thought that it was like feeding the demons if she did so. Oh, this bitch going to starve to death, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not until after 67 exorcisms, though. 67 oh, exorcisms my gosh. in less than one year, lasting four hours. It's awful. She died in her home at the age of 23 on July 1st, 1976. An autopsy was performed, and her cause of death was clearly malnutrition and dehydration. She weighed 68 pounds at the time of her death. Oh, my gosh. She had both of her knees were broken due to continuous kneeling during these exorcism sessions. And oh my gosh. she couldn't even move without assistance. Well, yeah, she weighed 68 pounds. She'd blow away. Yeah. That's so crazy. Later that year, her parents and the priest, Ernst Alt and Arnold Renz, were charged with negligent homicide. Her parents' lawyers were sponsored by the church, and Annalise's doctors testified saying that she was not possessed, but rather was suffering psychological effects due to her religious upbringing and epilepsy. The defense played videos of the exorcism and argued that you could hear demons arguing at certain points. The priest said the demons even identified themselves as Lucifer, Cain, Judas, Hitler, and Nero, and that the exorcisms finally freed her right before she died. Oh, of course. course. She had to have been freed right before she died. Right before. Checks out. I don't know why I'm talking like this. Okay. (laughs) The bishop who approved the exorcism did not testify because he said he was not aware of her health conditions when he gave his approval. The prosecution only asked that the parents be found guilty but not punished as they'd already suffered enough, which, like, fair enough. And I I do think, too, there's definitely some gross negligence that happened within this case. But at the yeah. same time, it's she's an, a, technically an adult at 23. Yeah. And if you are refusing to go see a doctor or refusing to eat, anything like that, there's there's only so much that you can do as a parent at that point, but yeah, I mean, I guess you could claim that she's mentally incapable of making her own medical decisions like that, but still, and I admit her into a hospital. It's a gray area. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the prosecution yeah. only asked that the parents be found guilty but not punished, like I just said, and that the priest pay a fine. Instead, the court found them all guilty of manslaughter and gave them all a six month jail sentence, which was later six. Oh boy, later suspended. And three years of probation. Wow. Yeah. Um, In 1999, Pope John Paul II made the rules of exorcism stricter to involve only extreme cases. Before I close out my segment, I did want to share an exorcism story from someone I know that... Whoa, that's wild. It is kind of wild, but I don't know. It sheds a very different light on exorcism and religion in general. And as somebody who has a very on and off relationship with religion, that's like to be honest, mostly off these days. I did want to shed a little light on the positives of an experience like this that's probably more common in the world of exorcism than Hollywood uh-huh. and stories like this would have you believe. Yeah. So this is from an Episcopal priest, and um, I'm keeping it anonymous. I 
asked him to share his story earlier today. So I'm just going to read you the text he sent. Let me pull it up. So this happened when he was in seminary school. Oh. Here it goes. Around 30 years ago, a friend who was an active Christian asked me to participate in an exorcism of a spirit he felt was holding him back in his relationships. He was demoralized by this. He knew of a woman who led exorcism and a few other friends gathered at her home in New York City and she conducted a ritual asking God to remove the confining spirit. We all spoke out with our own prayers, which rose naturally during the ritual, which took perhaps an hour. It was exhausting and somehow freeing. No visible changes took place, nor were they expected. When things died down, we all left. In the next few months, my friend reported a great sense of release, and his, rela- his relational life moved ahead as he wished. We were all pleased for him and amazed at what had happened. So I said, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. He goes, you're welcome. It was an intriguing, inspir- an intriguing experience, nothing weird or spooky about it. So I think that that's a pretty cool take on exorcism and probably more common than the stories I just shared. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I never knew that exorcisms could actually be held for things like that. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't either. And it was funny because I, I saw him earlier this year and just randomly asked about exorcisms. And he's like, yeah, I was actually part of one. And so he told me that story earlier this year, which is why I texted him about this because mm-hmm. I just remembered it as I was doing this research. It's, it's a different take. Exactly. I like that take more. (laughs) I'll sleep after hearing that story. Exactly. I wish you had gone second now. (laughs) Oh, that's true. (laughs) Now we just sit through another spooky story. Yeah. No, that was great, though. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I just remember Emily, the that movie being like, woof, woof. What was maybe the scarier, scariest exorcism movie I had seen since The Exorcist? Really? Um, my most recent scariest of scary movies, if you've ever seen it or want to see it, it's called Hereditary. It has Tony Collette in it, and it is actually horrifying. So good. They came. The makers of it actually came out with a new scary movie this year called Midsummer that my mom says is even worse. Oh, so not- those, those people. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't trust anything your mom says because she told us to watch The Human Centipede. (laughs) Exactly. My mom's apparently willing to try anything once. (laughs) (laughs) This is the case of the Amon's Possessions. Uh, It's a relatively new tale that was best described by the Indie Star in in a 2014 story written by Mariska Marissa, ooh, I'm going to butcher this. I've tried this a couple times, but it just doesn't, keep, it just doesn't get better. She's another Eastern European like me, but I can't handle her last name. <laughs> um, <laughs> this case, while in no way uh, provable, is that a word? I don't really know. I think so. Is, right? Is that, it doesn't have a red line under it in my writings. It's November of 2011, and Latoya Amons, her three children, and her mother, Rosa Campbell, move into their new home in Gary, Indiana. The family loves their new home, and they're very excited for a fresh start. Their new home, however, does have some eerie feelings throughout it. The family's first encounter, which was determined to be strange but not paranormal by any stretch of the imagination, occurs in December. Despite the frigid Indiana temperatures, the family's home was swarmed by black flies. Ew. While Amones continuously tried to kill the pests, 
they continue to return over and over again, which is terrifying. That's December. That should not be happening. Uh -uh. It's November here in Denver, and they're dead. While attempting to ward off the flies, the family also had strange happenings occurring within the home. On nearly a nightly basis, Amon's and her children would hear the distinct sound of someone climbing the old basement stairs and opening the kitchen door. When they would go to the check and see if there was an intruder, no one would be there. That has to be the scariest feeling, too. When you hear something happening, you know distinctly what it is, what door it is, what staircase it is, whatever it may be. And you're like, I "I have to get out of this super comfortable bed and confront (laughs) maybe an intruder, maybe a ghost. And then... I mean, if it's an intruder, you just, you have to try to fight him off. But if it's a ghost, what do you do? (laughs) There's no rule book for that. Well, then they start to lock the door and it continues to happen all the time. So, which is just like hard nope for me. Mm -mm. Uh, One night, Latoya Amons awoke to a feeling of a presence in her room, which is honestly terrifying. I know this because when I was little... And having an asthma attack, I would feel bad waking my mom up. So instead of gently informing her that I needed an inhaler or a nebulizer, I would just stand there next to her on her side of the bed and stare at her while breathing heavily and wheezing. So no, you don't know what this is like. Your mom knows what this is like. Exactly, right? (laughs) Once she would like sense my presence, she would jump about 10 feet out of her own skin and then have to tend to my wheezing. Oh my gosh. That's my biggest fear of having a child is (laughs) I'm staring at you. Yeah. What if, what if that happens? What if I have a child and I accidentally drop it on its head and I activate the serial killer Whatever that happens whenever they have head mm-hmm. injuries, mm-hmm. what am I supposed to do? I think you just, you know, live with the fact that it was gravity's fault and not yours. Okay. Yeah, I got you. And the reason why we talk about, <laughs> or how we can talk about this on our podcast right now is because neither of us are mothers. So this is not as morbid <laughs> to us as it should be. It's true. Uh, anyway. Uh, she felt a presence, and she awoke to see the figure of a man in her living room. She jumped out of bed to check who it was, but there was no man. Instead, there were large, wet boot prints. Mm. Then, on March 10th, things got a little more scary. Amon's and her mother were up late with a bunch of friends mourning the loss of a loved one. Suddenly, Campbell, who again is Amon's mother heard her daughter yell for her in a blood-curdling tone. She rushed to her own room where her 12-year-old granddaughter and a friend were sleeping and found the horrifying sight of her granddaughter levitating above the bed while asleep. That's that's not possible. (laughs) The woman and her friends prayed aloud, and she eventually returned to the bed without a single memory of what had happened. She was on strings. There's fishing wire. That typical prank you play on your morning parents. Duh. Uh, (laughs) The friends who were visiting that evening never returned to the home. Uh, The strange occurrences continued to add up. The women decided that they needed to reach out to local parishes and ask for advice. Many places ignored the women's claims and never checked in. But one did send over someone to assess the situation. Their advice was to clean the home with ammonia and use oil to cover themselves, their walls, and their doors with crosses to protect them from evil spirits. Additionally, they 
had two clairvoyants examine the home who determined that there were 200 demons who had taken hold of it. 200? To get rid of them. 200. I don't, I don't know. How do you do that math? I don't know. Right? I'm like, I wish that they would have interviewed them one on one <laughs> at a time to see if they'd come up with the same answer. It's like, do they do that cheerleader roll call? Roll call. <laughs> That'd be terrible. I'm Amber. Um. <laughs> Dude, that's from Hairspray. <laughs> Sorry. That was your Ben. That's her bimbo alter ego. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the 200 demons in this house. Uh, The women, and in order to get rid of them, the women should burn sage and sulfur and build an altar in the basement dedicated to Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, as well as recite Psalm 91 throughout the house. And the psalm goes like this. I wrote it down. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pers- ooh, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys a midday. And for a few days, the family had peace, but then it escalated again and it became much worse. The women claim that Amons and her three children would become possessed by demons on and off. Their eyes would widen and blank smiles would stream across their faces. In one instance, the family's seven-year-old son was found in his closet speaking to a non-existent boy. When asked what they were discussing, the the boy replied that another little boy was telling him what it was like to be killed. Ooh, that's dark. Right? A seven-year-old in his closet saying that? Nope, I'm out of there. Uh, The 12-year-old daughter, who would later tell a mental health professional that she sometimes felt that she was being choked was being choked and held down so she couldn't speak or move the young girl also said that she heard voices who would tell her that she was never going to see her family again and wouldn't live another 20 minutes which is like a very specific number honestly the ring girl at least gave us seven days 20 minutes is just mean that's true (laughs) um without any other hope the children and their mother visited their family doctor dr jeffrey no yeku man i really need to work on my English, my learning of letters <laughs> but it's i'm i'm just gonna call him dr o okay um <laughs> what happened next is corroborated by doctors and child services reports the young boys began swearing in demonic voices at dr o the voices st- startled everyone in the room one boy then flew across the room involuntarily and hit the wall they both then became unconscious. Whoa. Right? Ambulances and police were called, and when the boys woke in the hospital, one returned to normal, while the young, youngest, who was seven years old, remained demonic. Naturally, child services were alerted to the situation, and one caller suggested that the mother had mental health issues and her children were being egged on and performing for her. A hospital psychiatrist evaluated Amon's, however, and determined that she was of, quote, quote, sound mind. Hmm. Right? When the boys awoke, one appeared normal while the other remained demonic. Again, I said that earlier, but here we are setting the scene. Um, He wore an eerie grin on his face, and when questioned by a child services worker, began thrashing so erratically that he had to be held down by five people. Five people? Sorry, how old was this one? He's seven. Seven, jeez. When interviewed together by hospital nurses, one the one who was still possessed growled at his brother and told him that it was time to die. Whoa. The other boy 
the other boy, the nine-year-old, then began headbutting his grandmother, who, in an attempt to calm him down, grabbed his hands and began to pray. That's not good for old ladies to be headbutted. Right? Right? What happened next is wild. While holding his grandmother's head, the boy walked backwards up the wall, flipped around, and landed lightly on the other side of his grandmother while still holding her nope. hand. That's not real. That's nope. Right. This is corroborated by a nurse that was in the room who at this point ran out and was chased by the younger boy. Nope. Mm-mm. Yep. It's fake news. Right? Fake news. I found it, Donald Trump. It's fake. Right. The little boy, the children were admitted overnight, and the next day was the seven year old's eighth birthday. Um, the child services told his mother to return to the hospital, and once she arrived, she was informed that her children were going to be taken out of her custody out of fear for their safety. Um, and, you know, they said it was out of fear for their safety, but the actual reason that they documented was that the children had been missing too much school, which was negligence because of their fear of demonic possession. Wow. Did they have any history of religion in the family? Uh, they said that they had Christian faith, uh, but they weren't It wasn't as wildly. intense as, like, my story was. No, okay. not even. They weren't wildly religious at all. Um, so the woman, you know, she, her children have now been taken away. And she's given different milestones that she has to reach in order to receive custody of her children again. And while all of this is going on, she still has the problem of her home being possessed. Uh, She goes through various methods trying to rid rid the home of the 200 demons and even stops living there, obviously. Uh, She returns to the home because of part of her stepping stones that she has to reach in order to have her children return to her our home inspection so she returns to the home with child services uh child services as also brings a policeman with them and the policeman says that he after leaving that home is a believer in demons and will never return back to that house ever again damn right um so there there aren't any more completely outrageous things that occur the police officer did bring a recording device into the home with him at one point the recorder stops working but before it stops working you hear like a very faint whisper of like hey which i think is like a weird thing to say they said hey what's up it seems like a strange thing to say Uh but (laughs) but regardless um the mother, Latoya, or Latoya Amons, she actually has several exorcisms performed on her personally because she remains possessed as well. Um, and after a number of possessions, it appears that she becomes freed from these spirits. They leave the home, which actually at the very beginning, the clairvoyants had told them that was pretty much the only way that they were going to get rid of these spirits. Is to leave? To leave the home. And that it's the home that's possessed and that the demons are just attaching themselves to the children because they're in the home. Okay, I have to say this is kind of genius because there's a house for sale in my neighborhood that I really, really want, but mm-hmm. I really can't afford. <laughs> Gee, I thought you were just about to bring up somebody like, you know, trying to get out of their lease because I just, that's what I thought of. I was like, maybe she just really didn't want to live here anymore and just wanted to get out of this lease. Well, no, I'm just thinking you pretend like the place is haunted. So when the people who move in, 
they go through something maybe similar to this, maybe not as intense. <laughs> I don't want them to lose their kids, whatever. Okay. But just make mm-hmm. them think it's just a little bit haunted to the mm-hmm. point where they're told they need to move out. And then <laughs> they have to put the house on the market, but they really have to bring the price down to more mm-hmm. like my level. Mm-hmm. I love my house. I should say that right now. I don't want to move. But this house is pretty cool. All right. So, um, you know, this whole process took me a few years. Like, maybe I'll be ready for a new house in that time frame. <laughs> you just got to you gotta lay the foundation. Put it out there in the universe, girl. You never know. Exactly. I'm in it for the long con, you know? Mm-hmm. And the reason that I bring up the lease is because they actually were renting this home. And the landlord said that there had never been any complaints before. And since they have left, there's never been complaints since, Um, which is interesting. They returned to Indianapolis. She did receive full custody of her children back. And a lot of people think that this was a money-grabbing scheme. But there are over 800 pieces of documentation of these possessions, whether it's from child services doctors, nurses, police, um, or different religious reports. And you like, get a chunk of the money, and you get a chunk of the money. We're all right. in this together. Right. right. It's kind of wild. It is like there aren't any videos, which I think, you know, says a lot. If there's, if I think my kid is possessed, like I'm filming that shit at all times. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I know my dog is possessed, and I film it constantly, <laughs> and nobody has offered to step up to help me out. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, they added – I'm not quite sure what I believe. I do see the sort of money-grabbing scheme. It does seem like the family, while Christian but not overly Christian, did have some sort of preconceived notions about demons and whatnot because her – Latoya Amon's mom – Rosa Campbell has mentioned that the reason she wasn't possessed is because she was born with some sort of protector that protects her from spirits like this and not everybody else is born with this. Is this like a Harry Potter thing where like his mom died for him and so now love protects him? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if she has a lightning bolt scar anywhere. (laughs) If so, that's a story I'm willing to read. Exactly. Uh, the priests, the nurses, and the doctors all maintain that they had never seen anything like this. Child Services additionally has said that they had never seen a case like this. It's not often that in their paperwork they have to file, you know, possible reasons for for negligence, demonic possession. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was interesting. It, I thought it was interesting because it was more recent and... I just cannot imagine the sight of a seven-year-old walking up a wall backwards. Right. In a wild. I just don't want to believe it. I'm sorry. I feel like I was just shutting on your story the whole time, just saying it was fake. No, no. It's totally fine. It'll make me sleep tonight. So that's Honestly, it's why I have to do it. It's all mental for me. So It's true. I mean, honestly, that's crazy. I feel like we don't hear a lot about those stories nowadays Mm -hmm. because like I was saying earlier – I think science kind of explains a lot of things. And nowadays, too, you have means of proving something. I mean, everybody has mm-hmm. a camera at the with them at all times. Mm-hmm. No, it's so true. But I even agree. then, nowadays with those deep fakes, insane. 
There's an entire video on YouTube of Donald Trump singing Closer by the Chainsmokers. I mean, anything can be done. It's crazy. Yeah. Yep. I get it. So I, I don't really know what I believe. They're... And so I can sleep tonight. I think that it all was kind of there's mental illness and other side hustles in mind. But it, it was interesting. It was an interesting read. That was. That was a good story. He did a good job sharing it. Thanks. I kind of rushed it at the end because then she just like goes into this long winded thing about her possession, her exorcisms. But there's they're not detailed, really. They're just I don't know. It was it wasn't great. Mm. But the and it's not the writer's fault. It was like the woman describing it. But you know that's her experience, not mine. Well, who am I to say? That's true. <laughs> Maybe it's just not like all you know, like children walking down the stairs in bridge position with blood coming out of their mouth. And that's why I didn't find it <laughs> interesting. <laughs> oh God! Don't have kids. Right? Don't have kids. Don't have kids. Mm-hmm. Spooky season. That's spooky season. I love spooky season. I put something on our Instagram story. I don't know if we have any responses. Yeah, look, hold on one second. But I was just asking about like fun Halloween costumes that either I like you've that. worn or you've seen just to kind of ease our minds tonight or whenever you listen okay. to this. <laughs> so we do have a few answers. So Annika asked, what's the best Halloween costume you've ever seen or worn? worn. Um, one person said... Dead crossing guard or dead bride? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, a dead crossing a, guard. There's a couple in here that I don't know. So David S. Pumpkin, do you know? Oh who my that gosh, is? yes. Okay, so that, that? it's a SNL skit that Tom Hanks did, and it was just it was the dumbest thing, but it took off. And That's so funny. It, you just have to, I can't even explain it. It's just the whole thing takes place in an elevator and it's super redundant, but it's okay. hilarious. So just watch it. Okay, noted. Um, one says Bert Macklin and Janet Snakel. Snakel, yeah. How I've never, what is this? Parks and Rec? Oh, no, I haven't seen Parks and You've... Rec. I've been told by at least 10 people. I'm rewatching The Office right now. I'll get to it after. I promised my friend Lindsay, I promised that I would do it. Okay. Okay. Um, and then this one, there's two more. So one, two people said the Kia Soul Ham Stars. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which is honestly, when people ask my favorite cross I've ever had, that's definitely it. Okay, so... One year for Halloween, I don't know if you guys remember the Kia Soul commercials where they had the hamsters. Well, there was one year that they had the hamsters dancing to the Party Rock Anthem song by LMFAO. (laughs) And so they were just wearing these bright colors, wearing like hip-hop style clothing. Mm -hmm, Like tracksuits. Yeah, exactly. So for some reason, we saw that and we're like, yes. (laughs) <laughs> that's what we want to be for Halloween. It was great. It was great. It was so great. Um, but yeah, two people said that. I have a video of us dancing. I'll try to post it on the Instagram oh on Thursday. <laughs> I'm definitely posting it on mine too. Um, I just need to figure out how to get it on from my laptop to my phone. Okay. Yeah. It's good job. Great. Yeah. I will be sending it. Don't worry. And then this one's my favorite. This is somebody who said that they dressed up like their twin sister. <laughs> crushed it it. and if you're still trying to figure out what to be for halloween just like grab a friend 
dress up as a bimbo, both of you. <laughs> and when people ask you what you are, you say you're Annika and Paige from the Interesting Podcast. Honestly, I wish that I had known that we were that bad Yelp review because I would have dressed up. I would have been the bad Yelp review or the, the bad Apple pod. I would have Yelp, whatever. <laughs> Don't Yelp me. <laughs> get it printed on a t-shirt. Right? No, I'm going to get that printed on t-shirts. I'm so excited. We're going to say for anybody we don't like to don't be Jill. Don't be Jill. Just kidding. Jill, you were just being honest. You were. And honestly, that, back. Like, that was a very honest review. It wasn't hurtful at all because no, everything in there was fairly accurate. Exactly. <laughs> it's true. It just wasn't like her taste. I just love how she references the other... The other, the other reviews. <laughs> Obviously, reviews have been planted by our loved ones. Right. Which, okay, I just thought it was something. And we can cut this if it's lame. But I think November, we'll save the entire month of November. We should pick the best review of our podcast. Mm-hmm. And the winner, I don't know, like what's an incentive? I was going to say the winner can be on the podcast, but I don't even know if it's a big enough incentive. Maybe, okay, um. the winner could either like be on our podcast for an episode or they can like just pick the topic they, yeah they could pick the topic i like it and if you don't have the apple podcast app find somebody with an iphone and borrow it to leave a review and just sign your name so we know who you are put your instagram and handle Spotify, or something if you're listening you really need to figure out something that's comparable because it's just that it, you don't have it right now right but no and they're really making a big podcast push right now so i don't understand are they really? Mm-hmm. That's so weird. I feel you should be able to review it. And it's funny because mm-hmm. like we, we do ask for these reviews. We have asked for five stars and nothing less. So Jill <laughs> didn't get to that point in the podcast. <laughs> but it's true. Um, like we say, too, if you do have any constructive criticism for us, we are more than open to listening to mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's a lot of the people do like our banter during this. And that's mm-hmm. why we don't want to – we don't want to – cut that from our show number one Mm -hmm. and number two it's this is a way that Paige and I keep in touch and so Mm -hmm. there will be some stories that we share and I mean we've talked before about how things will happen in our lives and we won't we intentionally won't say it until we get to the podcast just so it's it's just more fun that way um Mm -hmm. so yeah we do add the segment start times just to kind of help you guys out so that we can please everybody because that's what they say that you should 100% do all the time is please everybody. <laughs> exactly. It's a healthy way to live. And um, it's really honestly what's going to send me to my grave. So here we are. Yeah. So if you do have any constructive <laughs> criticism, um, go ahead and send it to interestingpodcasts at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Please go leave us a review. I think it would be really funny at some point in the month of November. Just do it now so you don't forget. Just go now. <laughs> leave us a review. Maybe you can we'll start say this date. Yeah. Tell Jill who outdid the other on sounding the most like a stereotypical bimbo on this particular episode. <laughs> I forgot that she said we were trying to outdo each other. That's amazing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you want to say that, if you want to just just make it just make it exciting and fun. It doesn't I mean, whatever. You do you people. I'm not going to tell you how to live your you lives, but I am going to yeah. tell you to give us a five-star rating and review. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys so much. Happy Halloween. Be safe. Love you. Don't eat Bye. candy with razor blades in it. Bye. Keep it interesting. <laughs> <laughs>
。<笑>